to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5 and 16. This is Pastor Errol Bola speaking to you from the Word of God. It is time for us to pause for a moment of prayer. Shall we? O Lord God, our Father in heaven, we thank you that by grace you have saved us, washing our sins away, taking away all our guilt and shame, and making us your own dear children, making us fit for a home in heaven. Thank you for this great salvation so full and free. Thank you for translating us into the family of God. Thank you for the joy of salvation, joy unspeakable and full of glory, so that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Thank you for the peace which passes all understanding and the hope that is steadfast and sure. We're thankful to you, Father, for every benefit you have given to us. We worship and adore you. We draw near to you this day, and we take from you the strength you offer to us so that we may be able to walk the walk and live the life and run the race. Thank you for health and understanding. Thank you at the same time for bringing before us all those who are sick in body. Our spirit, our soul, reach out to them at this time. Those who are sick, weak, afflicted with infirmities, viruses and diseases, ailments of long standing, defects and deficiencies. Some that linger, some of these defects and deficiencies that linger over weeks or even months. In the name of Jesus, we speak to these mountains of infirmity and sickness and say to them, be rooted out in the name of Jesus, be removed, be destroyed, be brought to naught according to the power of the living word of God, the word that travels and brings healing to those sick in body. Let the word now, dear Father, drive out every sickness, root out every disease, uh, break down every infirmity, and render those infirmities powerless in Jesus' name, and let them pass from this body in the name of Jesus. Together, we decree and declare complete deliverance this very hour. Let the spirit of life that raised up Christ from the dead, let that same spirit, dear Father, quicken 
these mortal bodies. Let wholeness come. Let soundness come out of this condition. Loose, raise up, deliver, and set free from every infirmity. We ask you to do that now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. For everyone who stands in need, we join in agreement with them that you will give them victory in that situation, that legal matter. That, deci that the decision would come out in their favor in the name of Jesus. Let truth and grace triumph and let victory prevail on behalf of this your child. We pray for those in need of employment. Provide for them. Those with financial and other needs for the ones who are seeking shelter and transportation for those who are seeking a solution to a family situation, a problem with the house that needs to be fixed. Make away dear Father. Send the answer. We pray for those involved in the military tonight. Lord, keep them safe. We pray for all those involved in law enforcement, the police, the fire prevention officers, the doctors, the nurses. We pray for medical officers and the workforce. And for those who guide and administer the affairs of this land, and every land for that matter, a nation, guide them, dear Father. Direct and take control so that your name will be glorified in all things. Move in ways that will cause your purposes to be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. O oh Lord, rule and overrule. The earth is yours and the fullness thereof. We pray for peace and harmony in every land, including this land, and including Jer the land of Jerusalem and Israel. Have your way in the school situation today. We pray for teachers, students, staff. You have the answer to all the questions they have and all the fears they have. You are the problem solver for them. We release you, Heavenly Father, to work and to move among them and to bring them favorable solutions. Move by your Holy Spirit and help them with every problem, we pray in Jesus' name. And let your glory be revealed in all of this, Father. Let it be known that it is the mighty hand of God that has worked the victory for the school situation. Give guidance to those who are the decision makers. Give guidance to those who have the final word on this side of heaven. You, Lord, look down, help, deliver in the name of Jesus and let your will be done. We commit ourselves into your almighty hand 
and the rest in you. You, our Savior, you will work all things well for all who love you and according and are called according to your purpose. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in earth as it is done in heaven. And we are now thinking of that relative who is suffering with cancer at this moment. Whoever, wherever, send your word and heal. We are thinking of those who are mourning over the loss of a loved one. In the name of Jesus, give them supernatural comfort. Wherever people are hurting on this line tonight, heal their hearts, soothe their sorrows, heal their wounds, and minister to them in a supernatural way. Give them spiritual life. Give them spiritual strength. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you for blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, welcome once again to Midweek Bible Study. God has been good to us, and He has been leading us in paths that have been very beneficial to us in our spiritual growth and in our life and in our walk with Him. Our scripture reading for tonight is found in St. Luke's Gospel. Chapter 2, we will be looking at verse 25 to verse 28. I wanted to go further, but it's too much of material for one presentation. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to verse 28. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. That is Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to verse 28. The passage before us, focuses simply on a man in Jerusalem. Luke does not give us any detailed background as to, uh, in regard to this man, except what is stated in the passage here. Luke tells us nothing about his family, his work, his roots, his address, we know from what Luke says, this Simeon was a just man in Jerusalem. God
God knew him, and God had his hand on him. You may not be a popular figure in this whole wide world, but God knows you. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows everything about you more than you perhaps know about yourself. And he, has, he assures you that you are valuable in his sight, whoever you are. You may not be known to the public, to general society, but God knows you. He estimates the value of your soul, your eternal soul, to be far greater in value than the wealth and the riches of this world. You have a treasure in this temple of clay that you occupy. What could a man give, the Bible says, asks, in exchange for his soul, Mark 8 and 37. This certain man, Simeon, wisely invested his soul's keeping into the hands of the Lord God Almighty. When he found what he supremely desired, Simeon requested of the Lord that he would let him die, let him depart, because he found in Christ Jesus a pearl of great price. When he found the Christ child for whom his soul was ever longing, Simeon prayed thus, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For mine eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. Simon was so committed Rather, Simeon was so committed to the Lord God Almighty that once he had set his eyes on the Christ child, that is all that he needed and all that a man could desire in life. He requested that God take him away and take him home into heaven. So he embraced this Christ child, the one that was the center of his desire. Many are spending their lifetime, and I would say are having fun, running away from the Christ, building up barriers and roadblocks between themselves and him. But on the other hand, there are many who are reaching out to Jesus embracing him to their bosom, hungering and thirsting after him, forsaking the treasures and the pleasures around them, and cleaving to Jesus and valuing him, sometimes even more than their necessary food. I've heard many of them saying, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. Simeon was only a man in Jerusalem, but he was a man who had made his peace with the Lord God Almighty. He was a man whose life was wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in the Lord Almighty, and he was so happy 
about it. Incidentally, the name Simeon means hearing. Hearing. This man was all ears. This man was surely hearing from heaven. He was by nature a listener. Fortunately, he was listening to the right things in the right place. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Today's news on the airwaves and on the net may not be too encouraging, but there is always available to you the good news of salvation. The good news you can embrace and fold to your bosom. Good news of great joy. The good news is Jesus is coming again. For Simeon, his good news was that the consolation of Israel was going to come. And when that consolation arrived, he was willing to pack up and leave this old world. This certain man in Jerusalem was a man hearing from the God of heaven. You also could be hearing from heaven, despite what is taking place all around you and all throughout the earth. Heaven speaks today. Simeon, the Bible tells us, was a just man. Yes, those around him might not have been so inclined. The, the, the lifestyle about him might not have been in this vein. But Simeon's choice was to be upright in the sight of God, to be fair-minded, to be equitable, to be honest. By this, one can see that Simeon was in touch with the God of heaven, and he was both listening to and obeying that God. He was just. He was devout. He served God with a passion and a zeal. He took his commitment to God seriously. He truly understood how a man should live for God. He understood that living for God was to be done in spirit and in truth. Then he was looking forward with great expectation to the day when the promised Messiah would appear. He who would, that Messiah who would redeem the nation from sin and from all iniquity. The Savior long awaited based on the words of the prophets of old. Simeon took the prophets' utterances literally and fashioned his life after those words, anointed words of the prophets of old. He believed the message, or he believed the Messiah would come to him or would come to the world, or come to, to the nation, and he lived out 
that belief in his daily walk. The Holy Spirit was his guide and helper. God was with him in his lifestyle and in his devotions and in all that he did. Simeon would be true to his God. To say that his life was consumed with the thought of the Savior would be uh, accurate. His life was consumed with the thought of the Savior. He was looking forward to the coming of the Savior every day. And he had the hope in his heart that one day he's going to run in to the Savior of the world. Simeon was at the right place at the right time. Like Abraham's servant who was seeking a bride for Isaac, Simeon could say, I being in the way, the Lord led me, Genesis 24 and 27. The Holy Ghost spoke to him that he should not see death until he had seen the promised Messiah. It was the same Holy Ghost that prompted him to get up and go out to church, go to the temple that day at that particular hour, that particular time. And he got up, dressed himself, and was on his way to the temple. There he would set his eyes on the long expected Savior. He obeyed. He went up to the temple. He saw something. He felt something. He felt the witness of the Holy Spirit. He felt the urge and the nudge to go forward and embrace that infant in the arms of the mother. Speak forth the words the Spirit must have said to him. Speak forth the words I put in your mouth. This is the Christ for whom your soul has been longing for decades. He has come. He is here. Say your peace. Give glory to God. The day has come that was promised. Christ, the Messiah, is here. Yes, the Holy Ghost was upon Simeon. It was evident that about that season in, uh, of time, Simeon's time, around his time, quite a number of persons were experiencing the working, the presence, and the power, and the operation of the Holy Spirit. And you check the records here, Luke's record, you will notice that um, the parents of John the Baptist experienced the power of the Holy Spirit, Zacharias and Elizabeth. You will notice that the infant John the Baptist experienced the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. You will notice that the Mary, at the time of her miraculous conception, the Holy Ghost overshadowed her and the power of the highest surrounded her and she conceived the Christ child, Mary. 
And then, of course, we will read, we see here Simeon. And the next time we meet, we'll talk about a lady by the name of Anna, a widow of 84 years. She also experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when God is about to do something great, there is always a great stir and a move of the Holy Spirit. There was a stir, a move of God at the season when the Christ entered the world of man in the form of man. And when he returns, when he comes again for the church, which will be soon, there will be a significant outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Joel saw it and spoke about it in chapter 2 of his book. And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 16, Peter reported Joel's account and Joel's prophecy. Peter reports in Acts 2 and 16, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor or pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that notable day of the Lord come. And Peter continues, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. With the mighty outpouring of the Spirit in the days preceding the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, many will call upon the name of the Lord. And this is happening. Some people haven't darkened the door of a church for the longest while. But in this crisis, in this pandemic season, they're hearing the gospel more than they would have heard had they attended a house, the house of God. Lives are being changed. People are calling upon the name of Jesus and are finding salvation. And if you have not called on that name as yet, call on his name and be saved in Jesus' name. About 2,000 years ago, Peter saw this outpouring of the Spirit. And today, there are many, 2,000 years later, many like Simeon, that are filled with God's Holy Spirit and are bearing witness to the Christ who came as a babe, lived on this earth, suffered at the hands of sinful men, was crucified, died, and buried. And on the third day, he rose from the, his, his grave, and he rose bodily. He was seen of hundreds over the space of 40 days. He ascended into heaven, 
in bodily form, disappearing out of sight. And as the witnesses gazed into the heavens, two angels, two men, stood by them and said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you see him go into heaven. Yes, he left this earth by ascending into heaven. He returns to this earth by descending from heaven. He is in heaven awaiting the order to go down and bring up his church. By the same way he left, it is by that same way he will return according to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He left in the clouds, he returns with the clouds. Simeon was looking eagerly for that first coming. We are looking and longing for him to return. Simeon did not miss the coming then. Neither can we afford to miss his coming now. Be ready. Take him into your bosom like Simeon did. John 1 and 12 instructs us, and we know this. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That right, that privilege belongs to every man who hears the voice of the Lord today, who hears him standing at the door and knocking, and who will open the door within and let the Savior come in. He stands at the door and knocks. If any man hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and sup with him and he with them. Let the Savior in and let him abide in your heart forever. He is the greatest prize you could ever earn or win in your lifetime. He is the Lord 
of glory. He is the rock of our salvation. This is the heart of the gospel we preach today. That whoever receives Christ as Savior and crowns him as Lord, that person has a sure place in the kingdom of God and in God's heaven. Yes, he still stands at the door and knock. And if any man would hear his voice and would open that door, he will come in. And I say to you all today and to your children and grandchildren, let the Savior in, not only once, but let him in for all times. These are the last days. Simeon, when he saw the Christ child, the infant, he embraced him and he was willing and ready to go to his heavenly home. We are not ready to go to our heavenly home as yet. There is still much more to be done. But we want to keep embracing the Savior as our own because time is short. His coming is near. That trumpet will sound. In fact, the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. I know it, it will be a deafening shout. I know it will be a terrific shout. I know it will be such a shout that even the dead in Christ shall wake up. And we who are alive and remain in Christ, we will not miss that shout. We cannot miss that shout. It would be like when the five when the virgins heard the words, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Those who were ready went out with their lamps fully trimmed and burning bright. The five foolish ones couldn't go out because they had no oil in their lamp. Let us have our lamps trimmed and ready. The Lord is coming soon. At any time, any hour of the day, any hour of the night, that voice, that shout could be made. And whenever it is, we will have to drop whatever we are doing and rise to meet the Lord in the air. It is going to be dramatic. It's going to be exciting. This is how Simeon felt when he saw the Christ child with his parents, Mary and Joseph. He took that child, and we will consider some of the things that he said at that time. When we meet again, we'll consider what he said. But that, talk about a man who is glad, and more than glad, Simeon was such a man. Let us rejoice. And let us embrace Christ tightly. And let us not let him go. The best thing you could have ever done in all of your life is to have accepted Christ Jesus into your heart. Our Father and our God, 
thank you that you are such a good God. You gave us an opportunity to hear the gospel and you waited with us until we responded positively to the gospel. And today, we have no regrets. We are happy with the decision we made some of us decades ago, some of us a few years or months ago. We thank you, Lord. It's a wonderful thing to know Jesus and to serve him. We pray for those who as yet have not found him. We ask that you will make yourself real to them and may they turn to him before it is too late, we pray. We claim their soul for your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen.